Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Are you tired of staring at a blank page when it comes time to do your marketing? Are you frustrated trying to figure out the timing and how to get your schedule done so that your marketing actually gets finished? Join me and my friend Sagan Morrow for a week of getting your marketing done. Both of us will be holding trainings on how to structure your day to maximize productivity and to discover the missing key in your marketing. Sign up at theaudienceconverter.com slash maximize. I've got another exciting episode in store for you on the Audience Converter podcast. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, your host, conversion copywriter, and marketing strategist. Today, I am really excited to introduce you to Stephanie Scheller. She started her business from scratch and was able to walk away from her corporate job in less than five months. We're definitely diving into that. She is the founder of Grow Destruct, where she helps others overcome the struggles of building a business and reaching their goals. She is also a TED speaker, a Forbes 30 Under 30 nominee, a 2019 New York Life Woman of the Year nominee, and a two-time best-selling author. Stephanie knows what it takes to use sales, marketing, and systems to grow a business and teaches others to do the same. So I am really excited to dive into the topics today. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I love how you took my bio and made it yours and personalized. Like I love, I hear the same bio all the time and you just made it fresh and exciting. So thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. You have so many great options and so many great and wonderful things. But you know, I found that if you just kind of cut and paste, then it's the same thing over and over. And if somebody's heard you somewhere else, they're like, well, I've heard this before. Maybe I don't want to listen. So yes. I'm all about making it your own and, you know, making your marketing your own, making everything your own because you are you. And, uh, you know, we had a great conversation right before hitting the record button about how you need to be you at all times and you have to make everything you put out there yourself. So uh, bef- why don't we just dive right in? I want to hear about the story about less than five months leaving corporate America. Tell me. Oh my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> we actually have to back this up a little bit because once I got into action, it was, it was actually four and a half months. I turned in my two weeks notice on the four month mark that the end of my fourth month, I turned in my two weeks notice. And then my boss like wouldn't let me leave. He was like, well, I need you to work your two weeks. So I had to like sticker. So I don't get to say I walked away in four months. I have to say I walked away in less than five. Oh, wow. (laughs) I know. Right. But, um, so what actually happened and, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story, the fun way. Um, cause I just did this for a key an opening keynote and I said, okay, you know, I look at where I am today. I'm really proud of where I am today. But if you go back six years, six years ago, I was standing in the parking lot at Max Express Lube on the south side of San Antonio, Texas, facing away from the office so they couldn't see me cry. And wow, that's a cliffhanger, (laughs) right? I'm like, it's like one of those like, oh, like it's like, remember in the 90s, all the TV shows where it would like freeze frame. Like you know, stuff's going everywhere. Everything's falling apart. And the voiceover says, I bet you're wondering how I got here. Oh, right? yes. I remember those. <laughs> so like that, that's that kind of moment. And what had happened was it actually started eight months prior to that. So September 19th, 2013, I, it was, it was a big day for me. It was payday Friday. And more importantly, it was commission day Friday. So 
this was the big commission day for me because I had finally, I was no longer a college student. I was actually making decent money. And I'd actually, for the first time in my life, started saving money. And when commission hit, I'd calculated, you know, how much was going to hit, how much I was going to have to pay bills, how much had to go here. And I was going to be able to transfer the amount I was going to be able to put into my savings account was going to put me at $10,000 in, in cash, in savings for the first time in my life. And I was like, so freaking excited for this. So I roll over, it's like five in the morning. I roll over, open my banking app and log in and my paycheck is about $3,000 short. Oh, uh, yeah. And like, I tell everyone, I'm like that sinking feeling that you just got because you've been in that same situation where a paycheck didn't make it something yet. Like I just sat and I'm laying there in bed and I don't even know what's happening. I'm sitting here like, did I get fired? And I don't know it. Like what? <laughs> I'm freezing, freaking out. I go into work. I find my boss and she tells me, oh yeah, I meant to let you know, Steph, um, your position isn't going to get a commission check anymore. <gasps> no. Yeah. I'm like, that's kind of the thing you tell someone before, like they're actually supposed to get the check. Like maybe when they submit their commission check for approval, you don't email them back and say approved. You know, you, you email them back at that point and say heads up, like what the heck? <clears throat> And like for the next eight months, I got a million different stories from them about why I wasn't getting a commission check and why this was happening and why that was happening. And, you know, I, I, I seriously got like 15 different stories about why I was no longer getting a commission check. Um, and then they kept coming. They would, they would tell me the story of why I'm not getting one. And then they'd be like, but we're going to get you a new commission plan. We're going to come up with a new one. So for eight months, I just put up with it. And I, and this, what happened was I was sitting there with my, my client Mac and my boss texted me is a new boss at this point. He texts me and he goes, Hey, um, heads up. You're not getting a commission tech check again this month. Come see me when you get to the office and I'll explain. And it was just like breaking point. And I wrapped, I don't even remember how I wrapped up the meeting. I think he had an emergency he had to go take care of, which was like good. Cause I was falling apart. And I walked out into the parking lot and I was just crying and I called my mom because what else do you do at that point? Like tried everything else. So I call my mom and I'm crying to her and she, I tell everyone, I'm like, she did one of the best things she could have done for me at that point in time because she taught me such an amazing lesson because she could have gone off and we could have, I mean, we could have gone off, right? We had plenty of stuff to complain about. We could have had quite the little, you know, pout fest. And she could have commiserated with me and inadvertently pulled me deeper into that well of despondency. And what she did instead was she just said three words. She said, Steph, you're done. You're done with them. You're done. No, you need to get away from there. They don't care about you. You need to get away from there. I'm going out to California next month to learn how to start a sales training business. I'm buying you a plane ticket. You can stay with me at the hotel. It's a family ticket, so you don't have to pay anything. I'll pay for your food because I know you're hurting for money, but you're coming with me and you're going to build a business. You're going to walk away from them. And that was, that moment is like just seared into my memory. 
it was, it was transformational for me. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that you said was uh, those, those very powerful words, right? Where you were talking about how you could have commiserated, you could have just like gone, oh, woe is me. Here's all the horrible things going on in my life. Uh, but you chose to, your mom chose to kind of direct you to a different approach, which was yeah. these people uh, aren't, you know, this company doesn't value what you do. So you're going to take the steps to, to create one that does. And I love that messaging and that, that kind of mindset is a, is one of the things a lot of us, I think as entrepreneurs, we kind of fall into because, oh my gosh, this went wrong and this went wrong and this was wrong. And I just don't know what to do. But if you take Mm -hmm. it from a different approach, uh, it can change things completely. It can. And, and you know, that moment, like if she had gone the route of commiserating with me, I mean, I, I don't think I would be here. But like that, she, she gave me, was, I feel like we need to do this more. And we need, like my big key about this one too, is you got to keep people around you who do that for you. Because when you're in that moment, it can be really hard to do that for yourself to say, okay, well, we've had this problem, but we're going to fix it. Here's what we're going to do to fix it. And here's what we're going to do to move forward. Like when you're in the moment. It's really hard to be able to be that objective voice for yourself. Because it is really hard to do that for yourself when you're in that moment, when you're, you know, when you're in the weeds, it's really hard to be able to be that person for you. That person who says, okay, all right, we had some problems, but let's fix it. Let's move forward. Let's move on. We're not going to get stuck. We're not going to get bogged down, right? Keeping those, the good people around you just becomes priceless, truly, truly priceless. Absolutely. You know, it's a, there's that famous quote and I can never remember who says it about something about, you know, you're, you are the five people closest to you, uh, Mm -hmm. being, you know, that says the people you surround yourself with impact how you see yourself and how you see yourself going forward. So if you keep yourself surrounded with people who are always like, yeah, let's, let's have a pity party. It's going to be very, very different from if you surround yourself with people who say, uh, you know, let's, let's figure out how to solve this. So you went from this horrible situation where this company kept, you know, changing their answers, but basically doing everything they could to say, you're going to stick with us, but we're not going to really, uh, we're not going to pay you. We're not going to pay you. We're not going to invest in you. Um, and then, you know, a few months later being able to leave. So that to me, that seems like you had to have, you know, obviously you had a lot of motivation, but kind of yeah. how did you reach the place where you were in a place to leave? Uh, how did you get that kind of goal mindset in place? Oh, so <laughs> funny um, that you phrase that like that because uh, so the, that was March of 2014 was when I called my mom and the next month they finally got a commission plan rolled out. The, so I was supposed to go at the end of April, I was supposed to fly out to California And at the end of April, I was also supposed to get my first commission check. They finally got a new commission plan rolled out. Everything was sorted. They, you know, they, they, the March was when they had the issues that it didn't pay out again. So now I was finally supposed to get my commission check. I sit down with my boss to review commission, you know, commission checks for the month. Um, And this is like the day before I'm supposed to fly out to California. And he goes, Hey, I really hate to tell you this, but there was a mistake made in your territory and you're not going to get a commission check again. <laughs> it's not your fault. And the rest of your team is. So I feel really bad, but you you won't be. And I'm sitting, I'm, I'd like, I lost it. At, and I just, I started crying at him. Just, I was like, this is, I can't believe you guys are doing this. 
Like this is beyond, I mean, this wasn't even my fault and you guys are still punishing. And I looked him in the eye and I said, I will be gone by October. And he did the best thing that he ever could have done. And he laughed at me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I think he was trying to like alleviate the tension, but I was so angry. I, when I flew out to California, I was like pretty sure I wasn't coming back. I was so mad. Um, And that really lit a fire under me. So one of the biggest things that I tell people when you really want to make a big, bold move is you have to make a big, bold declaration and you have to put it out there where people can see, where people can hold you accountable to someone who you know will. Because a lot of you know, people put stuff out on Facebook. This is the year, right? No one believes that stuff. You go to someone you know and you're like, all right, this is the year. I'm doing this. I'm walking away from my job by October. And so when I came back and I calmed down over the weekend while I was gone, I came back to work. I was super motivated. I mean, I made this big, bold declaration to Chris that I was going to be gone by October. Um, I was so mad at them. And so it just spurred me. Like I, I built up a lead list. I was walking out to my car every single day. I live in San Antonio. This is May. So, you know, it's 95, 96 degree heat. And I'm walking two and a half blocks in the heat to my car every day at lunch for an hour to make cold calls. And I kept calling, kept calling, and I finally got my first speaking engagement. I finally, I get a guy on the phone and he says, yeah, you can come out and come do a training for us. And the way the business model worked was I would go out, I'd do the training, and then I would sit down with the business owner and talk with them about, so the training was free. And then I would sit down with the business owner to sell them some actual sales training programs. And when I talked to the guy, he's like, hey, you know, by the way, you do know that our, our headquarters is in Belton, Texas, right? And I'm sitting here and I was like, I think Belton's only like an hour from San Antonio. I think that's really close. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Well, Belton turns out is three hours away from San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I'm, so, I'm doing this. This is my first gig. I'm, so I, I take a vacation day. I drive out there. I show up on site and I deliver a 60 minute sales training presentation in 20. And (laughs) everyone is like sitting there just staring at me like, what the heck is this chick doing? (laughs) And of course I didn't get the deal. I like the, the business owner had, you know, some sort of excuse for why he couldn't sit down with me. And that was one of the most important moments because as I'm driving back, three-hour drive back to bask in all of the things that went wrong at this training. And um, one of the ladies called me up from the, from the boot camp and we ended up doing a debrief on it. And that was when I realized you need a coach, you need a mentor, and you need someone who is going to reach out to you. I had people I could reach out to, but I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we get into this mode of, I can do this and I'll figure out the problem. And then everyone's going to be so proud of me. And then I can tell them about, you know, what the problem was and how I solved it. At least I do. So absolutely. No, right. It's, it's very true. You know, us as entrepreneurs, uh, we keep hearing all these things about you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. But then also we have kind of the cultural conversation going around entrepreneurship, which is you have to do it yourself to like be able to claim that you're an entrepreneur and you made it through and everything. And it's like, no, you you should have that community. Again, going back to that, you know, who are the five people you surround yourself with? Because 
you're not alone. You don't have to do it alone. And there's a lot of power and a lot of value in building a community of people around you who can help you, you know, reach out for your goals so that you can also help more people that way. Yes. I so, I so resonate with that because I, I feel like we try and we, we get so lonely and we do it to ourselves. And we, I mean, I know really successful entrepreneurs who do this to themselves like people running multi multi million dollar businesses who still you know sit there and they they know now they know to keep people around them that pull them out but they they end up feeling so alone so often and you know no man is an island you know we we can't do this alone we need to work with people we need that connection so it it just becomes so important and so i hired a coach and um and that was, I think that was one of the biggest turning points, right? Because we had scheduled calls. I had to get so much accomplished. He started giving me extra strategies to run. And it was an intense, I mean, I, that those four months were like a blur. Like <laughs> it just went fast. I was working like 115 hours a week um, between my full-time job and then working in the business. And then I took on um, managing a Taekwondo dojo as well. And um just for it funsies, was, add some more work. Right. You know, cause I didn't have enough on my plate. Um, well, actually a big part of it was, um, first of all, like my grandmaster called me up and you don't say no to my grandmaster. He's like, not the kind of person you say no to. Um, and then, uh, the other thing was like, I was like, well, I can make, you know, 200, 300 bucks a month doing this. So it'll help me be able to walk away. Um, which that was both a blessing and then down the road, it was a curse because it, it became one of those things that I did to get out of the business, to get away from my job and be able to work full-time in my own business. But after the business reached a certain tipping point, it became something that held me back and where I was still holding on to it for old time's sake, but I was putting in so many hours a week. I was putting in 10, 15 hours a week for 300, 400 bucks a month. And that like, you add that up, right? Like that's not, that's very low. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really, really helpful, you know, to get, it gave me a little bit of comfort, right. Of like, okay, I, I have this money coming in. Um, cause I will tell you, I turned in my two weeks notice to my boss and, um, of course, he goes, oh my gosh, I can't afford to lose you. And all I could think was like, yeah, you should have figured that one out like months a year ago. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, seriously, a year ago at this point. And um, so I work the two weeks. I'm at my, my farewell party and I get three text messages at my goodbye party. And they are all three clients letting me know that they're going to have to stop working with me because one of them, her husband is moving to England. So she's having to shut down her business. Um, the next one, her dad just passed away. And so she's having to take over care of her two younger brothers who like she's in her thirties and her two younger brothers are like five and six. So oh she's basically my. just gotten like two kids. And I can't even remember what the third person was canceling for, but it, it was like all three things that weren't really my fault, their fault. It was just like the worst freaking time. And I'm sitting there at my going away party going, thinking all kinds of words that I can't say on this podcast. (laughs) I think we can all fill in the blanks. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. It was so, it was so rough. And, 
And I will tell you from that point, again, that's where my coach came into, into play because when I, you know, of course, like Monday I wake up and I'm like, I'm dealing with a little bit of depression here. Right? I just, I just left my job and I just lost 40% of my monthly income like in one night. Um, and so I'm sitting there and I'm freaking out. And my coach, once again, right, he calls me, he goes, hey, how's your first day of being free? And I was like, freaking fantastic. <laughs> and he was like, really? <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> um, but again, like it's that having those people who reach out to you, who are actively engaged in you because he sat there and he said, okay, so this happened. So here's what you need to go do. You need to go do this. You need to go do that. You need to work your butt off. You got to work on this. Like." your business is not going to float. You had to work to get it off the ground. You're going to have to work to build it up to where it's truly, truly stable. Um, and it was like, oh, 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 okay. I, for whatever reason, I thought that once I was able to walk away from my business, you know, my job, that the business would be easy, but apparently it doesn't work that way. And I think that's a really uh, valuable lesson for all of us to kind of realize is, you know, there's a lot of work in getting established, but then there's also a lot of work in growing and scaling. And on the Audience Converter podcast, that's kind of what we talk about is what does it really take to grow? What does it really take to scale? And one of the the biggest uh, things I think that holds a lot of people back is this idea that it should be easy that it, it's going to be so yeah. simple. You just have to push one button and suddenly you're going to go from barely making anything to making all of these oodles of cash that you can't even dream of. Um, right. so, you know, got to get my click funnel going. I just got to get my click funnel going. Absolutely. Always, absolutely. Yeah. So what would you say, uh, you know, for the people who are in that place right now, right? They got it established. They were able to walk away from the job or they were able to, you know, kind of feel like, yes, okay, I've started. Now I need to take that next step. What would that next step kind of look like? I think the next step is going to be establishing the, so the habits that you put into place and that you set up and hold yourself accountable to are going to be what's going to take you over the top. So creating what we call a baseline strategy So the idea behind a baseline strategy is that everything you are currently doing is what is producing the result that you're getting in your business. So if you're making five grand a month, 10 grand a month in your business, all the stuff you're doing, the networking events you go to, the posts you make on social media, the group that you cultivate, the, you know, speaking engagements you deliver, um, you know, all the stuff you're doing. So let's say you go to two networking events per week you know, 10 posts on social media per week. Um, You are reading two books, uh, two self-help books per month. You're speaking four times a month on stages, all that stuff. That's your baseline. All the things you do on a consistent reoccurring basis. And when you know what your baseline is, you can then tweak it and adjust it. Because after 90 days, if you're not getting the result you want to get in your business, you go back to your baseline and you either take something away or you add something to it's a, it's a math equation. If you want to change the, the, um, results of the formula, you change, right? You have to change both sides of the equal sign. You want to change the outcome in your business, change the input, but you got to know what that input is. So establish your baseline, understand what are the things I'm doing daily, weekly, and monthly. So just a quick example, like my baseline is daily posts to established social media channels, dedicating 15 minutes daily to writing and publishing activities, dedicating eight hours weekly to clear glass activities, two hours weekly to business planning, um, weekly public appearances, either speaking at events or media interviews, 
um, and generate 15 plus leads per week. And there's a, there's a couple more, but it gives you kind of an idea of what I do consistently. And then I check in on those and make sure I'm actually doing it because sitting here being like, well, posting daily to social media isn't working. I'm not getting any leads out of that. I had that moment where I was, you know, super down on social media a couple of years ago and super upset about how I wasn't getting any leads and I wasn't getting anything. And everyone says social media works and it clearly doesn't work and blah, 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 blah. And someone pointed out to me, they were like, Stephanie, you haven't actually posted anything in like three weeks. And I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I mean, it's one of those things where a lot of us think we're doing more or doing less than what we truly are. Um, You know, I I got started as a copywriter. And for one of the, the things they'll tell you to do is track how long it takes for you to finish a project. But a lot mm. of people, they'll, they'll track one part, right? They'll track the writing or they'll track the first yeah. time they do research or they'll track the first time they look through a client's materials, but then they stop or they don't track all of it. And so they have this idea in their head that this project takes five hours, but in reality, it takes 20. Right. So, and- you know, having that tracking, putting that in place is so important. It is. And it will save, it will save you. And so track it and then review it. Okay. How much time did I spend here? How, what did I do here? That's the baseline strategy. Establish what you're doing consistently and then tweak it as you need to. Because if you don't track that stuff, I mean, you, you are setting yourself up to fail. If you do not track my entire team does that exercise once a quarter, where for one week, we all track everything we do. I mean, down to the minute, like, like, you know, 1102, go to the bathroom, 1114, return from bathroom and coffee break, like tracking everything so that we can see one, where we're wasting our time jumping from task to task, because that becomes a huge time waster, Um, you know, where you're like, you're replying to an email and then you go to reply to the next email and it reminds you of this thing that you were supposed to do over here on Facebook real quick. So you hop over there and you do that thing real quick and then you come back and then you're like, oh yeah, I need to finish replying to this email. Oh wait, but I was supposed to create this flyer. So you go like, right? So much wasted time. So we do this once a quarter and one, we use it to figure out what stuff we want to pull off our plate. What's the stuff we don't enjoy doing? Cause I'm a big believer in working inside your energy advantage. And then two, we use it to help figure out, you know, what am I actually doing with my time and with myself? Because you can really shoot yourself in the foot very easily um, if you're not careful. Absolutely. And, you know, that that right there is one of the best gems, I think, from our conversation is just tracking what you're doing, knowing what you're doing and owning what you're doing and realizing I also have to see not only what am I doing, uh, but how is it benefit me or is it benefiting me? Um, yeah. so we're almost out of time here. Uh, so if you had one big action takeaway, what would you tell somebody listening to this? They're going to finish listening to the episode. What is the one takeaway? What is the one action item you want them to do right now? The one takeaway and the one action item I want them to do right now is just because we talked about it. I want them to figure out what their baseline is. What are the activities that I'm doing? And I want you to write it down. Right. So so way too often, way too often people have it in their head. They never get it on paper, write it down, put it up where you can see it and then measure yourself to it every week. 
Absolutely. And it's, it is, it's really powerful to, to write it down. And uh, I know this may seem like out of date for a lot of people, but to actually take a pen and a piece of paper <laughs> and write it out, not just okay. typing it into your computer or swiping it into your phone, because when you actually have to sit down and form all of the letters manually, it, it triggers a different uh, way of you remembering it in your mind. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, writing it down, write down what is your baseline? What are the activities I'm doing? And, uh, and going from there. So Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing all of your many, many, many pearls of wisdom. And, uh, you know, we, we've gotten so many great knowledge bombs, uh, if you will, uh, in this conversation. So if people want to learn more about you and what you do or want to get in touch, how can they do that? I am a Facebook fanatic. I am on Facebook all the time. I forget to post apparently still, but I am on Facebook a lot. (laughs) Um, I would say connect with me on Facebook. If you look up um, success, Steph, so that's three S's in a row in the middle there. Um, You can find my, my actual page. And if you poke around on there, you can actually find me and you can connect with me on Facebook. Um, just send me a message and just be like, Hey, I saw you on Kimberly's podcast and and I'll happily connect with you. Um, you can also, if you wanted to chat with me, you want to connect with me, I would recommend, um, going to our, the website growdisrupt.com. So my company name is grow disrupt. Um, and then fill out the contact form and just say, Hey, I was listening to Kimberly's podcast. I wanted to chat with Stephanie. My team is really, really good about getting you to me within like 24 hours. So they will get, they will pass the the contact form or they'll call you and actually schedule time for you and I to chat if they want to. Fantastic. So definitely go check out those links. Again, they will be in the show notes as well. So all of the great many ways that you can contact Stephanie and, uh, you know, go and, and create your baseline, establish it, figure out how it's working for you and, and move on from there. So Stephanie, thank you again so much for being on the show. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. And I I hope we were able to give some people some good nuggets that they can grow from too. Absolutely. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.